Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. He said this plainly. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, telling it like it is means that we state what the facts are, even the unpleasant ones, in an honest way. Today we hear Jesus telling it like it is when it comes to what it means to be the Christ, one set apart by God. It means that he will suffer and die on a cross and on the third day rise from the dead. Jesus said this plainly. But this isn't what Peter wanted to hear. It didn't fit with his narrative about what it means to be the Christ and what should and should not happen to him. So Jesus tells it like it is again when it comes to the source of Peter's narrative when he says to Peter, get behind me, Satan, with an exclamation point. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. When our Lord says through the prophet Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, he means it. Our thoughts, words, and deeds are the opposite because of, of the Lord's because we're held captive to the unholy trinity of the devil, the world, and our own sinful selves, which say that the power to define our identities, who we are, and to control our destinies, that that power lies within us. This is the chant or the mantra of a fallen world, but it contradicts Jesus. And it confesses the opposite of what the Apostle Paul says, because remember, the Apostle Paul always runs with Jesus. That's what it means to be an apostle sent by, by Jesus to say what Jesus says. But we've turned it around. We've flipped it over. We've, we say the opposite. Instead of saying what the Apostle Paul says, we say, we believe, from me and to me and through me are, are all things. To me be the glory forever. Amen. So instead of listening to those who tell it like it is, our itching ears tune in to those who tell us what we want to hear, and with sharpness of tongue, silence those who don't. It's why even Peter took, aside, took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. He didn't like what Jesus was saying. And notice, he has a sharp tongue toward the Son of God. How arrogant. But it even happens with Peter. He rebukes Jesus. It's because Peter didn't like what Jesus was saying. He didn't like the truth. And quite frankly, more often than not, we don't either. The truth hurts. You've heard that saying before. The truth hurts. Well, People say that because it does. It hurts our feelings. 
especially, and that's especially big in our day and age. The cardinal sin from the perspective of the world today is to hurt someone's feelings. That is bogus. It is. And I want you to think about this in a new way. I want you to have a little discernment with regard to this because there seems to be a lack of discernment in our culture today. It's either one side or the other and nothing in between. There's nobody thinking through anything. I've mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating. If I touch a stove by mistake, I make a mistake and touch a hot stove, it hurts. It hurts my feelings. Ouch! And I immediately change, right? I immediately get that hand off of the stove. So, if those sensors or whatever you call them, what do you call them? Ah. Thank you. Sometimes it's hard to get, you know, do off the spot up here. Yeah, your nerve endings. If they hurt my feelings, make me hurt, good! Good! You know, some people don't have those nerve endings, thank you. And, and what they do is they can actually put their hand on a stove and not know it until the thing is smelling of burned flesh. Too late, you ruined your hand. You see how hurting your feelings can be a good thing? Now, if it hurts your feelings and you get a math problem wrong and your teacher says, no, that is wrong, that may hurt your feelings. Good! Because you need to know the right answer. When you're doing something wrong in thought, word, or deed, it needs to be called out because it ultimately will hurt you and others. If you don't do the math correctly, you're going to hurt others if they put you in a place where you are in charge of doing a math, doing the math for building airplanes and those sorts of things, or getting a shuttle up and down, right? Yeah. People tell me all the time, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. Pastor, I know it's not right, but it makes me feel good. I know it's not true, but it, it makes me feel good. And I say, not for long. Right, not for long. But on the flip side, the truth hurts your feelings. And I'll say it this way too, because it's true. The truth hurts your feelings, but not for long. You know why? Because the truth sets you free. It sets you free. The narrative doesn't. The truth does. I want you to think about that. When Jesus says, when Jesus says, quote, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again, he's telling it like it is. And it needs to be said. And it's hurtful, especially to him. But this is what needs to be done for the salvation of humankind, for mankind to be saved. Peter thought there was another way a way without the cross, and often we do too. And if you look at this closely, even Jesus longed for another way. Do you remember? 
He prayed in Gethsemane, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Do you see how Jesus defers to the Father? This is what we as human beings are are called to do. This is what we're created to do because the Father knows best. Ha! Father knows best. Now look what happens with Peter when he gets it right. He says, you are the Christ, right? He gets it right. From Matthew, we hear a little bit more than what Mark gives us here. From Matthew, Jesus says, this has not been, this has not been, this doesn't come from you. It has been revealed to you from my Father in heaven. You see? So he gets it right. Jesus is the Christ. The word of God is is running with Peter there, that Jesus is the Christ. And Jesus even says, we hear this in Matthew's account as well, ah, Peter, you are Peter. On this rock I will build my, my church, the rock of confessing what the Lord says, not going with what you want, right? Not going with what you want. Because then Peter doesn't want Jesus to suffer. When he hears that Jesus says, I'm going to suffer and die and on the third day rise from the dead, we also hear that he goes on to say from Matthew, I will never let this happen. Yeah, right. And we know how that worked. Not only did he lift a sword in terms of trying to stop Jesus from going to the cross, what did he do? He denied Jesus on three occasions, denied even knowing him. He he denied even knowing him. Oh my goodness. So, when Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan, he's telling it like it is. Because Peter there is trying to stop him from loving us genuinely. Peter has joined the evil one who seeks to change what love is. Changing it from love of the other to love of self. When Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, he's telling it like it is. This is genuine love. This is the way love works. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. I'm going to Say something, too, that goes contrary to what you see all around you in the world. Are you ready? If it hurts your feelings, good. Love is not love. Let me say it again. Love is not love. To quote John in the scriptures, quote, this is love. Not that we loved God but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for sins. This is agape love, self-sacrifice love. And there are other loves, even though the world doesn't, you know, distinguish because it's not very discerning. There's friendship love, there's charitable love, there's erotic love, all of those things in the right place. Erotic love, 
The fire needs to stay in the fireplace, outside the fireplace. It's not good. Meaning fire in the fireplace means the fire in marriage. That's where that love belongs. Outside of that, outside of the fireplace, it's destructive. Love is not love. God is love. And God loves the other. He loves you and me with everything he is and everything he has. So when Jesus says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. He's telling it like it is. You're getting in the way of genuine love. You know, the people who say love is love, they don't love you. Because the minute you say something they don't like, they'll cancel you. There's no forgiveness. There's unforgiveness. Only with the God who is love is there forgiveness, reconciliation, and restoration. When the Apostle Paul writes, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, he's telling it like it is. Remember an apostle sent by Christ to say what he says. Jesus he buried our guilt in his suffering and death and rose victorious over it in his resurrection. So the verdict in God's courtroom, in the end, it's this, not guilty. You're innocent of everything you've ever thought, said, or done because of him, because he has reconciled the world to himself through his suffering, death, and resurrection. He tells it like it is. It's not a pipe dream. It's the reality. You're innocent. When Jesus said to his disciples on that first Easter evening, peace be with you, he's telling it like it is. They were given the peace of witnessing with their own eyes that death had been overcome with life. That there is someone who actually says what he does and does what he says. Someone who loves with action. That the, the word at love is connected with the action of self-sacrifice. There is someone who does that. It's God. And God is love. And there you see it in his suffering, death, and resurrection. When Jesus said at your baptism and as you receive his body and blood here, peace be with you, he's telling it like it is. You have the peace of knowing that your sins are forgiven. You have the peace of knowing that you've been clothed with the innocence of Jesus Christ. And you have the peace of knowing that there is more life to be lived. Where? In the glory of God, with God and one another, through the merits of Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection. Jesus tells it like it is. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. Whoever believes in me, whoever, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Thanks be to God. He tells it like it is. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.